Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Christian Church. I'm very glad you're with us here in the West Auditorium. Welcome to everybody in the East. I was over there just a few minutes ago, and it's good to see all of you there. And everybody who's participating with us online, I'm very glad that all of us are here on this uh, wintry day here in central Illinois. And we have people literally around the world watching and participating as well. So um, uh, if you're particularly in the Southern Hemisphere, we're not jealous at all. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. But nonetheless, my name is Wayne. I'm part of the pastoral team, and uh, we're going to spend some time looking at, well, it's an unusual sermon today, an unusual uh, thing that we take on once a year. But if you'll grab your Bible, we'll be reading in just a few minutes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, worshiping online, there's a tab on the screen that you can poke at, poke at if you will. You can uh, click on, and it'll get you to the scriptures, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In the auditoriums, there are Bibles in the pew rack or on the tables in front of you, okay? So um, last month, Leslie and I took a flight from Bloomington to Rochester, New York uh, to visit our kids there. The plane was supposed to leave Bloomington at 6 o'clock in the morning or so. So we got up at 3 a.m. You know, the alarm goes off at 3 a.m. Uh, we're going to get dressed. We're going to drive there. Uh, to make certain we're at the airport by, you know, somewhere around 4.20, 4.30, something like that, to get through TSA, and you, you get the routine. But it's a, it was an early start to the day, undoubtedly. But when the alarm sounded at 3 a.m., the first thing that popped on my phone um, was a note from American, Isle, American uh, Airlines indicating that the flight had been canceled due to weather. And that was the week that we had those big windstorms come through the community and go all across uh, the Midwest here and landed out in New York. And so they said, you have to rebook your flight. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm on my phone doing the, and the pilot. So we were scheduled, rescheduled to leave at 11.30 that morning, which is fine. Back to bed for a couple hours, if you will. And um, we get to the airport at 11, or before 11.30, but we get on the plane from Bloomington. I'm thinking, man, they canceled the last flight because of bad winds. What's this going to be like? You have had those thoughts if you've been on a plane from time to time. And we took off from Bloomington, landed at O'Hare 35 minutes later, no problem whatsoever. Quick turnaround. On the next plane, we're going to go from Chicago to Rochester, New York, a couple-hour flight. And uh, we get on the plane. They close the doors. And as we're taxiing towards the uh, takeoff, the pilot comes on the PA and, and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, there have been very strong windstorms across the, the upper Midwest here in the last few hours, and they've now left Chicago. But you should know that for the most part, we're going to miss them. That, for the most part, was an interesting statement. For the most part, we're going to miss them, but we might skirt across the northern portions of them as we fly over Ohio. And he wasn't joking. I have flown, I suppose, probably on hundreds of flights over the years, and I've been in rough weather. But let me tell you, we took off, everything was fine. We were obviously on the northern part of Ohio. We got about 35 minutes before we were to land in Rochester, New York. And as the plane began to come down, man, oh man, oh man. The plane ride moved from being a plane ride to a bucking bronco. And... Um, we were strapped in for a rodeo ride that I had never had before. And as I looked out the window, you could see the wings doing this. 
in contrast to what the silver bullet we were on was doing. And the silver bullet's going this way, and you see the wings going up. And I'm remi- I was reminded, I thought, I'm not going to say this to Leslie right now, but what's holding that wing on is some rivet that was put on like this, this big rivet made out of aluminum put on by somebody making minimum wage. It, <laughs> that's probably not fair, but I, that's what I thought. Now, now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I was quite certain that the engineering was just fine. And uh, we had, we, we, we came, I mean, it was a 30-minute ride, let me tell you. Up and down, up and down. I mean, I thought, those wings are actually flapping and causing us to go further. But we, we landed, and all was fine. Lower and lower. And it's, it's strange. When, when you, you, you can see a, a skyscraper, and you're above the skyscraper, and you go, oh, we're almost on the ground now. No, you're not. <laughs> you're still 2,000 feet above Anyways, nonetheless, I, 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 I was reminded of that story as I thought about what do I need to bring to you today? Talk about a wild ride of the last few years, right? This is the state of the church message that has been my pleasure to bring to you now for many years. We've been bringing this sort of message to you once a year for many years. I don't know how many. I've lost track. Last weekend, marked my 28th anniversary as the lead pastor of First Christian Church. And, you know, so along the way, I don't know how many of these messages I've brought to you in the years. If you're a guest with us, it's a great weekend to be here. You're going to learn a lot of things about our church. And when I say it's the 28th anniversary last weekend of my role as lead pastor, pastor, I need to say, I don't know that that's quite true. I know it's 28 years since we arrived here. But I don't know that I was the lead pastor all those years. In the early days, I wasn't the lead pastor. I was the only pastor. So that meant I was the lead pastor, I was the assistant pastor, I was the associate pastor, I was the junior pastor, I was the incoming and the outgoing pastor. So I had all those roles, along with many others. And so um, uh, that's another story, though, with way more information than we want to get in today. But for today, I'd like to start with a brief statement from Scripture found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, as we talk about the wild ride of the last 24 months or so. And namely, this is what Scripture says. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for you? Not all the circumstances. But God's will for you is to give thanks. God's will for you is to rejoice always and to pray continually. And we're going to do that this morning. We're going to rejoice. We're going to give thanks for God's care for us as a congregation throughout the past year. And we're going to do that by asking this question. What's the latest news? What's the latest understanding of our congregation's mission and effectiveness? Start with a cool story today, one you saw already depicted on the video. It's a story that brings great rejoicing, that helps us rejoice in terms of God just working through us. This past Christmas, we served more than 600 students over at Parsons Elementary School, right across the street. Our engagement with Parsons now has been on track for so long Catch this, that we will very soon be dealing with the children of the children who we started with many, many years ago. Think about this. If they were eight or nine years of age, seven years of age, when we started working with them, they're now in their mid-20s. They're having babies. Those babies will show up at that school very soon if they haven't already. And I want to thank you for your care of the youngest in our community. That sort of care and long-term devotion 
uh, is only possible through a congregation that says we're going to focus on care through volunteers and through um, long-term volunteers and through long-term pocketbook generosity. And so I don't deal with a lot of money today, but I do want to just kind of bring you up to speed with before all the books of the last year are closed, this is kind of generally where we landed. This, you'll find this helpful. That throughout 2021, our total income was a little above $3.1 million, which is a ton of money. I mean, that's a lot of money. I was reminded this week as, the, as those figures were coming in, I was having a conversation with someone who said, who was around in the early days when I first came to town. And uh, I, this was the statement that was made. Wayne, do you remember that in 1994 when you came to town, the total income that year was $198,000. The total income that many years ago was, I mean, that's still a ton of money. I'm not downplaying that, but it's changed a little bit from $198,000 to $3.1 million. Thank you for your attention to all of that. Thank you for growing in generosity and in confidence of our church's mission. We made some great strides on our indebtedness throughout the past year. Our indebtedness now is at about $774,000. We have uh, made significant uh, changes in what's happened. We were at $2.2 million just four years ago. So uh, thank you for your giving there, all right? Most of all, what I want you to hear, though, is how your dollars are reflected in what we do outside the walls of this building. We distributed $686,000 in missions money last year. That's beyond what salaries are paid in mission endeavors and beyond what salaries are given in terms of uh, other work. It's... And so if we were to add all that in, we're talking thousands of dollars more of that. But that's real dollars, $686,000 sent away from this building and given to the responsibilities of other people involved in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so I just quite up very quickly want to say thank you for your generosity. Of course, part of that mission giving that we give intentionally is directed toward um, three specific places globally. We have boots on the ground in Central Asia. We have people in Cuba. And we have the Kazirs and a few other people working in Kenya. And um, as you may know, one of our congregation's mission's heroes died this past week. Lynn Kazir was part of our story for many years. And his family's story, uh, as part, I mean, his father was a cradle-to-grave member in this church. And he was born in the 1930s. So we have basically almost 100 years of that family's history in the life of this church. And uh, Lynn's death this past week obviously leaves us with some challenging moments regarding what ministry and how it's going to look in Kenya in the years ahead. But be mindful of this, friends. God called us to Kenya in the mid-1980s, long before Lynn and Dory ever went there. It was 20 years before they got there almost, from the time we got called. So God's call on a congregation is not dependent upon one person or one particular such situation. So we'll move forward into that. As a matter of fact, with Lynn and Dory, just a few weeks ago, we were upstairs in an, in an education wing with, in the education wing with some people from outside the church. And we were presented with a huge project. Would you guys take this on? And so we'll probably step into that big initiative. It's not time to get into all that right now with renewed passion and dedication in honor of Lynn's work there. But I, I, I'm aware of this, that just as we are obviously today emotionally wrung out, if you will, as a congregation over what's happened this week, I'm mindful that that story was repeated in dozens of members of our family, or dozens of our families in the church 
throughout 2021. So in spite of all the good things, there have been some difficult moments for families, and I thought it'd be appropriate if in the midst of this, we ask for God's care to be extended to those families as they move into the coming year. Let's pray together. Lord, our understanding of what happened this past week is gut-wrenching. But we are aware, God, that that was replicated in dozens of families from First Christian Church, hundreds of families in our community over the past year. And Lord, we've experienced grief in the past, and we've experienced your faithfulness pulling us through that grief. We pray for Dory and her kids and grandkids. We pray for other families, God, that are grieving today. May you gracefully cover them with your peace and comfort, we pray. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for being people of prayer. Thank you for being a praying church. Um, I rejoice in the ways in which our staff chaplaincy team is praying. We have staff chaplains, on staff, paid chaplains, uh, that are responsible for the contracts that we have to provide chaplaincy care at DMH, at Crossing Healthcare, and at Cancer Care Clinic, as well as many volunteers. And you can imagine the stress that they are under in the midst of all this COVID situation. And uh, this is going to stun you, I think that they prayed and touched the lives of many in grieving in difficult situations and settings this past year. And in fact, because it's a medical situation and where everything is charted, we know exactly how many people they prayed with. They had more than 48,000 prayer points with individuals in 2021. Catch that, 48,000 different times. You know, back in uh, 2014 or so, we asked God to help us speak into the lives of 10% of our community. We wanted to tell people the story of Jesus' grace and peace. We wanted to have an impact upon them. And as, as the elders and I, as we brought that to you, we, we were aware that probably the biggest issue in saying that was, okay, we've got 100,000 people in this community. How, do we, how will we know when we've reached 10%? The goal was not to have them come here. The goal was just to simply touch their lives for the cause of Christ. So how will we know when we've reached 10%? Well, I don't know the answer to that even yet today. But I tell you this, if we've had prayer with 48,000 48, different moments in 2021, we must be getting close, right? We must be well on our way. This story of reaching into individuals' lives might be best seen through the story of individuals, and to that end, then, it's not just this aggregate thing we're doing, but it, each number is a person. And I want you to see and hear the story of just one person today, as how your, your congregation and your witness is reaching into people's lives. In this case, through the cafe. Take a look and watch your screens. So hi, my name is Angelina Adams, and I've attended First Christian Church since April of 2021. Um, that started whenever Mosaic Cafe had the Casa Coffee Crawl. Um, I'm a first grade teacher at Moreau Forsyth Grade School, and one of my students' parents, I've had both of her sons, and she got me introduced to Casa, and I wanted to get involved, and the Casa Coffee Crawl was I get coffee, I get to support a great cause, it's awesome. Um, I figured out that one of the cafes was Mosaic, and 
my mom and I, we weren't religious at all, so it was kind of awkward, that awkward moment of, should we go, should we not? Well, we went and loved the coffee. Um, so to understand my story as a child, you have to understand my parents as well. Um, my dad grew up in a Christian home, went to church, um, lived a Christian life. Uh, my mom, she grew up Catholic and she did go to church. Uh, she had questions growing up. Um, fast forward to her having us three kids and we had a life-changing event whenever I was five. And those questions grew and unfortunately it led to her losing her faith, um, which in return for me growing up, I went to church on and off with my dad or my grandma and um, I had my own questions and I heard my mom have her questions. So honestly, I didn't know what to believe. I didn't understand a lot. So um, that kind of left me in this middle ground of what should I believe? What should I do? So coming to Easter church service was actually pretty good. Um, I was mainly here for my dad, but I actually liked it and I knew that my dad would want to return. So I asked him, hey dad, do you want to come back? And he said yes. So I figured I would continue getting coffee, he would continue getting church. And um, whenever I first came after, after Easter Sunday, it was the Because Love series, and I fell in love with it. Um, I really started to listen, and it started answering my questions. It started bringing up really good things, and the biggest part for me was I got this, for me, odd feeling of peace and comfort, and I didn't know where it was coming from. I was really confused. I, I, it was feeling great, but I didn't know where it was coming from. Um, and then I surprised myself one weekend by coming by myself. Um, my dad wasn't with me. No one was with me. I came by myself and I sat down and I'm like, this is just very odd, but I still feel pretty great. So I continued doing it. And um, uh, eventually my mom ended up attending with me and she really started to feel it as well. Well. Before I knew it, um, I was attending church. I was praying. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what I was saying or doing, but I was like more of a conversation. And I was listening to WBGL on the radio and I had no idea what was going on. And then all of a sudden, I had this realization that I was accepting Jesus. I was accepting God. And um, I couldn't really deny it anymore. So I kind of, came to and realized it's time for me to make that next step of being baptized, which led me to being baptized in Lake Decatur. And then my mom, my mom started seeing this change in me and she wanted to see what that could do for her. So one weekend I was continuing to go by myself and one weekend my mom's like, well, I'll go with you. And it took me off guard. I thought, really, you wanna go with me? And so she went with me and she started feeling that change as well. Um, I didn't know if she was feeling that change actually. She was pretty quiet about it. But then in the car or by ourselves, she would ask me a question. And it would just start with that, little questions, little questions. And I would ask Pastor Tim, uh, questions and so I was getting my answers and I was kind of reverting that back to my mom 
And she started to feel that change. And all of a sudden, she started talking about God. She started talking about Jesus. And yeah, so it was a pretty amazing change for all of us. So my mom was asking me these questions and we were having these great conversations and I turned to her and asked her, I said, mom, have you thought like, are you starting to accept Jesus? Are you starting to accept God? And she said, yeah, actually I am, you know? And it was kind of this moment of realization for both of us that, you know, this hard moment, this hard situation with cancer and a hard year, it was turning into us making a life-changing decision, a life-changing situation and accepting God and having this great, uh, powerful peace and comfort. And um, that was pretty awesome. So the day that my mom got baptized, um, we were there for ourselves at that point. Uh, but for me, sitting in the pew while my mom and dad are up um, upstage, uh, I took a moment to just kind of focus on my dad because he was so proud. Like I could see that he was so proud. Um, his daughter, his wife, they were coming to this life-changing decision. And you know, we were moving forward with knowing God and knowing Jesus. And so I took a moment to focus on him and the way that he just looked at my mom and, um, Whenever he baptized her, I could just see that they were just both in awe of each other and in awe of God and everything that has happened in our lives. So with going into this new year of 2022, not knowing what's ahead, um, the most comforting part is, is that we have already accepted Jesus. We have already accepted God. And we know that in our past, he has done great things and that in the future, he will continue to do that. And that gives us that sense of peace and comfort that is needed in a time of the unknowns, in a time of worries and doubts. Um, we know that he will be there through it all. Started back at Easter with a visit to the cafe. I'm praying for more stories like that in the coming days. Because all the numbers I give you today have nothing, have nowhere near the powers and realizing every number is an individual. This past year, I brought stories of children coming into the life of our church. Each year, we, throughout the year, we hold baby dedication events. Here's a couple photos of some of the babies that came our way this year. And part of our commitment to the lives of children involves and includes our work with New Life Pregnancy Center. As in years past, as you leave worship today, you'll see you can receive a baby bottle, and we'd invite you to fill it up with your change over the next few weeks and bring it back, and we'll pass it on to New Life Pregnancy Center. That's, we're going to keep doing that. That's not going to change. There are some changes coming. We have some staff changes coming. Pastor Jonathan Grundon is moving into a new role as the, leading the staff team. That will be his new role specifically. He's been named executive pastor. A person is coming. We've already well underway, and I assume maybe even this week we'll be making an announcement as to who will be taking his place, some new blood in the building, if you will, to uh, take over uh, Jonathan's role with adult ministries. There's more on that to come in the days ahead. Peggy Anderson who's been with us for 28 years, is going to a move from a part-time, full-time role to a part-time role, and uh, uh, there's 
great stories for her in that regard. And of course, you know, there's another staff change coming that's on the books as well, in that this time next year, um, I'll not be bringing the state of the church for 2023. Um, my role as lead pastor comes to a close, well, my role as junior pastor, assistant pastor, ingoing, outgoing, and um, well, all those pastors. It all comes to an end this year in June. And um, what, uh, and so that means some changes are coming for me, like Direct Line, the radio show, is coming to an end. As a matter of fact, we are going off the air this Wednesday. This coming Wednesday will be our last Direct Line uh, after a 16, 17-year run. I started hearing from people just this past week because we sort of waited to make that announcement on the air until last Wednesday with a week to go. And um, I got a note from a guy who says, I want to let you know how upset I am hearing the news that Direct Line won't be on WSOY anymore. It totally makes sense, but I'll miss it. We've been with you since the beginning. And I've heard from all these people who had these dramatic encounters with Christ through us just chatting on the radio and doing stupid things on the radio. Because we've done lots of those along the way. He says, you know, there were several people who were skeptical at the beginning, but you did a tremendous job. You bridged the gap between the church and our city and every area of our community. Thanks for making our community a better place to live. And I go, what does he mean when he said there were people who were skeptical at first? <laughs> well, I was one of them. I didn't think we'd last six, we didn't think we'd last six weeks. I was seriously. I thought if we can pull this off for six weeks, we'll do all right. And here it is 16 years later. I want to thank you for your support of that ministry week after week after week. So Pastor Brian becomes the new lead pastor in July. You've probably already sensed some of the changes with, with Brian's role coming. Uh, for example, he preached all the Christmas services this year. This was the first year since 1985 that I didn't, didn't preach Christmas services. Um, our preaching rotation shifted a little bit through the fall. It shifts again coming into the next six months. Namely, you will see him in the pulpit more than you will see me. And I, I noticed a, 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 an oddity about that just last week, you know, um, Last weekend, as we went from 21 to 22, for many years since we've had screens and, and um, TV's announcements and that sort of stuff in the lobbies and on, on you know, when you have these pre-service things that roll through to say, hey, remember this, remember this, and you're sitting in the pew or you're in the lobby. For years, there's um, been some sort of, um, you know, a, an announcement say, hey, if you, want, if you didn't catch the sermon, you can catch it online here. And it calls people to consider watching that service. And it, it's the, that slide has looked differently over the years, but it's usually, I think always, featured a photo of me. And so it's so common that I really don't pay a lot of attention to it. But last weekend, as I was walking through the lobby, uh, just before the worship services start, 2022, we're just a day into it, six months before we're gone, and I noticed the photo had shifted to this. Dude, I'm not even out of the building yet. You had nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah, likely story. You were surprised, dude? No, you weren't. That's your photo. I want to know who authorized this change. I didn't see that thing come across my desk. I'm not even dead. I'm not out of the building. No, I'm not out of the building. Obviously, some are ready to move on to new days. Can we get there quickly? Speaking of Brian's new role, please know that I have full faith in his abilities. We've watched him grow to this role over the last 17 years. And I'm ready for him to lead us. He's ready to lead 
Uh, apparently, someone on the slide team is ready for him to leave, too. <laughs> and uh, I've asked him to join me today to briefly respond to um, his new role in the coming year and focus on what's coming up in the next few weeks, because here's what I'm aware of, folks. Um, I, in the midst of the COVID stuff, with all the stuff we've been dealing with, like you, I keep hearing about people's mental health. And we face these grief moments so often, and we, we're just tired of it. And how are we doing with it in terms of our mental health? The scriptures have a lot to say about that. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to address that, and I've asked Brian to kind of bring you up to speed with it. So as a kid, I loved the like old-fashioned toy six-shooter revolver cap guns. You familiar with those things? And I was always conservative about my caps because you only had so many and you didn't want to shoot them. So what I learned that I loved even more than shooting the cap guns was actually spinning the cap gun on my finger, like, you know, and holstering it and just playing with that. In so much that, fast forward to Christmas services just this past week, and someone gave me the responsibility of lighting some of the candles. Here's what happens anytime I get my hands on a lighter stick, completely subconscious, I will put it on my hand and I'll just start just, you know, like flipping it around, messing with it, and, and, and just, it's like I can't help myself. And so you can try it, but. Oh, that's pretty good. That's all right. I'm going back to this scene in a movie called Tombstone. It's really tripping me out. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Okay. So anyway. I had this thought of as like innocuous as something in my subconscious is spinning a toy gun that results in me like 30 years later spinning a lighter stick. I wonder how much more the events, the experiences, the nature, the nurture, all the things that have been dumped into our lives throughout our life, how much more the things of meaning subconsciously are playing out in the way that we do everything in our lives. And a number of years ago, I got to walk through an experience uh, where uh, essentially it's this reality. Proverbs 27, 19, it says this, that as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. And so if that's the reality that, and the, the ancients, they would understand our heart, our mind, our psyche, like all interconnected. If our heart reflects into our life, therefore, Proverbs 4.23, we're commanded, instructed, above all else. Guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. And so recently, the elders requested that, hey, Brian, in the next year, as we go into this transition, we would love to hear from Brian about Brian. Like, let's hear your story as it relates to our stories in the days ahead as a church. And if I had to boil down one experience that most impacted uh, my 40 years on the planet into who Brian is, not so much about me, but for the betterment of who God is trying to create in me, and I assume every one of you as well, it would be the experience that we're gonna walk through over the next six weeks in this Above All Else series. A uh, number of years ago, uh, I was at a, in a master's level, actually with Pastor B.J. Leonard before we even knew each other and before he even came on staff here, where we went through a week intensive course of a biblical-based understanding of just recognizing there's been a ton of stuff dumped into our lives and what does God wanna do to make sense of that, transcend that, and discern that into the days moving forward. And I could say, you know, it's like, that, that was a number of years ago, but 15 years later, I'm still living in and off of what I experienced 
in that. And so I'm excited that we're going to step through that uh, in such a time as this for our congregation over the next six weeks. But I want to give you a heads up. It's definitely one of those experiences that you will only get out of it what it is that you are willing to put into it. And so um, some, some helpful uh, encouragements for you to be able to experience the most of this for the next six weeks. Uh, we can say kind of three things we've got to pay attention to. Our time all together, time on your own, and time in a group. So our time all together, I would encourage you, make the commitment to be a part of each weekend message. And if you miss one, don't worry, just like the graphic suggests, I can bring that to you via the internet uh, on, your, on demand in your own time. But it's, it's a process. It builds one on top of another, and you'll get the most out of it, making sure you're doing all of those six weeks together. And then from there... It's not just a content dump. It is what do you then do with it? And so you're, with it, you'll have an on-your-own experience each week that you have some exercises, some homework, if you will, to get the most out of that. And then thirdly, as I just shared with Pastor BJ uh, being a part of it, I was part of a group that did this. And to be able to process these things with Christian believers, other people that you are in relationship with, with the designed intent to encourage your ultimate relationship with God, which is the secret sauce to all of this, is such a key factor. And so I would encourage you, make that commitment all together every week. Make a commitment to do the on-your-owns each week, as well as if you're not a part of a group, that's what our mission is, to become devoted followers of Jesus as we do this together. And so you can, this is important too, this is kind of announcement land a little bit, in order to get the weekly on your owns, as well as sign up for that small group, uh, that's a six-week commitment, uh, if you're not in one, you have to go to firstdecator.org, what's happening, and there's a link there that you can sign up, that you have to sign up for the on your owns each week, as well as to participate in a small group, to make sure that you can get the most out of it by what you put into it, is what you get out of it. Good job, All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. By, by the way, there's also um, some material available uh, in, the, in the cafe as well, okay? So it starts next week, and Brian and I are doing that, to, doing that series together. He's taking the bulk of it, but you'll see me along the way, and on we go. So here's what I want you to understand today at the end of, seems like a long, lot of words from Wayne Kent. You've heard a lot of information, but I want you to be mindful of this. We are following through with that scriptural injunction that Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, to rejoice always and give thanks. And I'm aware that in that rejoicing and giving thanks, we've had some great moments in 21. I'm also aware that COVID particularly has caused us to um, have to battle some pretty strong headwinds at times. And its impact has been horrid. Who are we kidding? Uh, personally, I'm aware, and this is my conviction, that this pandemic was designed in the bowels of hell and transported into our world and into our time on the wings of demonic powers. So we need to continue praying. I'm aware the coming year is going to bring changes, perhaps the most significant changes of our, for our congregation in the last quarter of a century. Fair enough. And I'm, but I'm, I'm not too worried about it all, friends. Um, we'll land well, despite the possibility of maybe some strong winds. Here, here's why. Uh, if I can remind you of that plane rodeo that Leslie and I were on a couple of weeks ago. It wasn't a plane trip. It was a rodeo. It was a wild bronco. See, in those moments, I didn't ever think there was going to be a disaster. Seriously. Been on enough planes and along the way you go, you've seen the wings do that in the past. Because uh, it, it's not the landing that I was worried about. It's the, ups, it's the unexpected ups and downs. The engineering is fine. The engineering will take care of the, of the, of the plane. It's, it's the, when the wind comes along and shoots you up in the air or shoots you down unexpectedly is what always gets off my nerves. 
But, or it gets in my stomach, you could put it that way. But the engineering is safe and solid. As a matter of fact, the engineering is so solid on that plane that despite the 55, 60 mile an hour winds we went through, you know where the plane landed? On the runway. On the runway. <laughs> First time ever in the United States. When we landed on the runway, all the passengers broke out in applause. <laughs> We'd landed. I'm not, so, I'm not anticipating a sort of replication of that ride in our congregation in 2022. In fact, we've done far more than just survive COVID. And the way in which we have actually thrived would indicate to me that the coming year's pastoral transition will not be a bronco ride. In fact, it might be a walk in the park with just enough gentle breezes to fly a really cool flight, kite. That's what I'm anticipating. Because here's what I know. We've, play, we've prayed, we've planned, God has engineered this. And we lean into the engineering language right there. Brian is ready, you're ready, the staff are ready. Our mission isn't changing. We'll work with, still with great diligence to see individuals become devoted followers of Jesus Christ through going and serving together. And so in keeping with our annual tradition in that regard, to show you how that's being played out in individuals' lives, we've had a ton of people make some progress in that catch what's happened in their lives in 2021. Watch this.